1: For free shipping and 365 day returns.
2: Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. And I have found a new recipe that I haven't tried before. It just came across my desk and it looks so fun and so interesting and hopefully as easy as it seems. And so I thought I'd try it here with you today for dinner. It's from Half Baked Harvest, which is a website I've referred you to before for my podcast about iced brown sugar latte with shaken espresso, which you should check out if you like coffee. This is Tegan Gerard, and she comes up with some fabulous stuff. So I'm going to trust that this is going to be equally good. It looks like it only takes about 20 minutes to prepare, and then maybe 20 minutes to cook. So that's a doable thing. Of course, that never counts the do-aheads. But let's start with the ingredients. You need one and a half pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breasts. You need one egg. We're only going to use the white of that egg. You need some soy sauce or tamari, which is just gluten-free soy sauce. A tablespoon of orange zest, which means you need a fresh orange in the house. We're also going to juice that orange. A little black pepper, a third of a cup of cornstarch, a third of a cup of avocado oil. Now, That doesn't have to be avocado oil, but it should be one with a high smoke point. Canola oil will work for that if you don't have any avocado oil. And that's just the chicken part. Then we come to the sauce. And for that, you'll need a third of a cup of low-sodium chicken broth and a cup of fresh orange juice. You know, that's probably more than one orange, actually. I'll bet you that's two oranges worth. And then we'll need two more tablespoons of zest there and another one-third cup of the tamari or soy sauce, two tablespoons of rice vinegar, three tablespoons of honey, four cloves of garlic, a tablespoon of fresh grated ginger, which I'll tell you right now I don't have. And so I am using a freeze dried ginger from Penzi's Spices. Instead, it says it's perfect for this kind of a circumstance. So we're going to see a half a teaspoon to a whole teaspoon of red chili flakes. That's depending on how hot you like your stuff. So that's kind of up to you. You need two tablespoons of toasted sesame seeds and sliced green onions for a garnish. Somewhere in here, you may have heard me mention some equipment without actually mentioning it by name. I did a blog about that called the hidden ingredients in every recipe. And one of them is that they don't always mention that you need these certain pieces of equipment and you don't realize it until you're halfway into the recipe. Anyway, The first one is the orange juicer and the zester. Now, for me, that's two different tools. I have a zester, which is kind of like a grater, only the holes are smaller and the handle is longer. But you can use a grater if you have one, like a box grater. That will work to zest an orange. You just use the really fine shredding side. And a way to juice the the oranges, now you can just squeeze them, but you probably, unless you have pretty strong hands may not get all the juice out of it. It's best if you have a juicer. I have a fancy electric juicer because I drink a lot of fresh orange juice and I got tired of the ones that break. So I have a very fancy one that I'll be using. The other equipment is going to be a sharp knife, a couple of bowls, they want you to dredge the chicken through the cornstarch. I am going to try an experiment. Instead of doing that, I am going to throw the chicken into the cornstarch inside of a brown paper bag and shake it up and see how that works to coat the chicken. It just seems like a lot less mess and a lot less time. So that would mean a paper bag. And then you need a measuring cup or something to mix your sauce in. You need a large skillet and a way to cook your rice because this gets served over steamed rice. That's another thing that isn't exactly mentioned in the timing on this recipe. You have to steam some rice. That's a do-ahead. We're going to call a couple of these things do-aheads. And you can go away and think about how you want to do this before we actually start. But your one and a half pounds of boneless chicken breasts, you want to cut it into cubes, probably small. If you've ever had sesame chicken or orange chicken in a restaurant, you know you want them kind of bite-sized. So don't let them get very big. Get them all cut into cubes and get your orange zest ready and figure out whether you're going to use a rice cooker to steam your rice, if you have one, or you're just going to do it on the stovetop. If you need help cooking rice, here's what I would tell you. This is a sort of a separate topic, but this is what I'm going to tell you. If you don't have a rice cooker, it's easiest in a saucepan that has a glass lid, because I don't even use a timer anymore. You can use a timer, but I don't. And then the kind of rice you're going to use determines how long it's going to cook and how much water you're going to add. I think I'm going to use sticky rice today. Sticky rice is essentially just a short grain white rice. And for that, I need twice as much water as rice and it cooks for 15 minutes. And the amount that it puts out is the amount of the water plus the rice. For instance, if I want three cups of finished rice, then I have one cup of rice and two cups of water, and I'm going to cook them for 15 minutes. And if you have a pan with a glass lid, you rinse off the rice, you put it in the pan, you add the water, you bring it to a boil, And then you put the glass lid on and turn the heat way down to like medium low, two and three somewhere. And it will start to boil and it'll start to bubble and it'll start to make noise. If you don't have some kind of a way for the steam to escape, it may start to boil over. At that point, you'll know you need to give it a little venting. For a long time, it's going to send bubbles popping up through the rice. And when there are no more bubbles, your rice is done at about 15 minutes. That's exactly what should happen. Regular long grain white rice is a cup of rice, two cups of water, and 15 minutes. Most of the time, your water is about twice as much as there is rice. I'm gonna do mine on the stove top. I do have a rice cooker, but I really only use it when I have to be away from the home, and I want the rice done when I get home. So go away for a few minutes. Get your green onions sliced up because we're just going to put them on the top. There's no prescribed amount or anything. Get your chicken cut up, juice your orange, and get some of that zest off of there. Three tablespoons of zest. That could be more than one orange, but I think you need more than one orange for the juice anyway. And then when you're ready, come back to me. Well now, as I'm standing here zesting my orange, I realized I should have told you it's easiest to zest the orange before you juice it. Once it's not hard anymore and it's just a shell, it's really hard to get the zest off of it. And I'm standing here now zesting the orange I intend to juice, at least the first one. And I can tell you that it's a huge orange. It's at least the size of a baseball. So it it fills up my hand completely. And we need total of three tablespoons of orange zest. And I think this is maybe one and a half. A tablespoon is actually quite a lot. Now, I haven't quite finished it, but I don't think I'm going to get my three tablespoons out of it. So I, I'm going to pick up a second orange and zest some of that as well before I juice any. And I I should also have told you in case you didn't already realize that it's a really good idea if you're gonna use the zest of an orange to wash it first. So you've gotten whatever bacteria might be on the outside of your orange off. This is me washing my second orange. I just am curious to know how much one orange that big orange actually gave me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. It's it's not even one tablespoon here. Oh, I don't want to zest three oranges to get this orange zest. Hmm. Well, I may cut back a little bit. So maybe I can do this with just two oranges. That's what I'm going to try. Now that you know that stuff, I'm going to let you go back to your zesting and your chicken chopping and come on back to me when those things are done. Okay. Thank you. A lot can
1: happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance.
0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for
2: details. Okay, here's the scoop on the orange juice and orange zest. I had these two huge oranges and out of them I got 2 tablespoons and a pinch of orange zest and 1 cup of orange juice which of course is all the juice I need but the zest is now used up and I'm supposed to have 3 tablespoons of it. I am going to divide what I have into thirds, approximate thirds and just make that work. That's I'm not going to zest a third orange when I don't need the juice and have it just sitting in there naked. That's just not fair to the orange. We're gonna do one of what should be called a do-ahead right here and now together because it actually requires cooking something. And I didn't wanna try to describe that to you and then send you off to do it on your own. So we're gonna do it together. The recipe calls for toasted sesame seeds. I don't know if you can find them toasted. Chances are not good, because once you toast them, the oil can start to go rancid pretty quickly, and so it would be hard to keep in a store and then sell already toasted. So we're going to toast them here. I have some white hulled sesame seeds that came from Penzi Spices, and we just need about two tablespoons of those and a small dry saute pan slash frying pan. We're going to heat the frying pan up to medium heat, around five. And then we're going to put our two tablespoons of sesame seeds. Actually, as it's heating, I'm going to put them in the pan. And then we're going to stir it a little bit. Because what we want is for them to brown, and we don't want them to burn. And because they have oil in them they can start to toast pretty quickly and then turn brown fast so we got to kind of keep it moving here in this little tiny saucepan i'm just using a tiny little cast iron pan and a silicone spatula to stir it keep these seeds moving you'll see some of them start to turn a little bit brown way before the other ones have even thought about that some of these are popping out like tiddlywinks i hit them just wrong with the spatula and they shoot right out of the pan. I can't seem to stir them without doing that. I guess that's okay, not a big deal. I'll just have to clean it up later. This is just gonna take maybe two or three minutes. And then what I'm gonna do about my rice, I think, is get everything ready to go, cut up my chicken and get it cornstarch coated and make my sauce. And then I will start my steamed rice. And that, I think, will time out so that the rice comes out at about the same time as the chicken. You'll notice there's no vegetables in this dish. I apologize for that. I really hadn't considered the fact that I'm serving dinner here that has absolutely no vegetables in it. If you wanted to boil some green peas or some snap peas or sugar peas or something, you could do that. Or broccoli. You know, I have some broccoli. Just doesn't sound like as much fun. Alright, my seeds are pretty toasty now. They're just sort of a golden brown color. So I'm going to take those off the fire here and set them aside until we need them. We're going to do next what the recipe says to do third. Because it seems to me that having the, the sauce mixed up ahead of time before you start putting the cornstarch on the chicken is likely to be helpful when it comes to having the cornstarch not goop up or slide back off the chicken. So we're going to swap steps one and three in half-baked harvest recipe. I have a two-cup measuring cup here that has one cup of orange juice in it. So I'm just going to use the rest of the space in that measuring cup to add the rest of my ingredients. So what we need added in here now is a third of a cup of chicken broth. I'm using Kirkland's organic chicken stock that comes in an aseptic container. And I'm just going to add a third of a cup to my orange juice. Gosh, that sounds like sacrilege, doesn't it? Putting chicken broth in orange juice. Oh, poor orange juice. Ugh. Now you wouldn't want to drink it. I suppose that's a good thing. The next thing that goes in is the soy sauce or tamari, and that's also a third of a cup. I think I'm going to use the low-sodium soy sauce and put in a third of a cup of that as well. I figure we can add salt later, but we can't take it back out. The next thing we're adding is the rice vinegar. Now, there are two kinds of rice vinegar. Actually, there's probably more than that, but there's two I have in my house. One is seasoned rice vinegar, which has sugar in it, and one is plain rice vinegar, which does not. I think we don't want the sugar one because there's going to be plenty of sugar in the orange juice, right? So just plain rice vinegar, and that is two tablespoons. It's becoming kind of an interesting and smelly concoction. And then the honey goes in here. Three tablespoons of that as well. I don't think it matters what kind of honey you use. I have a really lovely honey, and it's just so good. It's unprocessed raw honey from a place called Apatera. And it says it's summer blossoms. So I guess it's a mix of flowers, and maybe that's what makes it taste different to me from your usual clover honey. But I think also the fact that it's unprocessed and raw. This is where the sugar's coming from, not the orange juice. Sorry, I misspoke, but three tablespoons of honey. Yeah, that's plenty of sweetener. You do not need any more in your vinegar. (laughs) You probably need the vinegar just to counter the sweetness of all this honey we're putting in. All right, now that's ready to be mixed up. However, because I don't have fresh ginger to add later, I am going to put in my air-dried, dehydrated... Ginger into this sauce instead of later in the dish, and if you're using fresh ginger, I'll tell you when to put that in when we get there. I just want to give this a little time to gingify. Now we're going to whisk that together. I've got a tiny whisk here that I'm going to stick down in this two cup measuring cup thing. If you don't have a whisk, you can just use a fork. We're going to just kind of mix it up, get all that stuff sort of mixed in together, so the honey's not all on the bottom where it tended to land and the juice is well distributed in there. All right, that's step three. Now we're going to go back and do step two. For step two, we're just going to get a paper bag and put some cornstarch in it. What I have here is a lunch sack, so it's not very big. And I think what I'm going to need to do is do the chicken in batches, because I think otherwise it's not all going to get coated. I'm using a paper bag rather than a plastic bag. You could use plastic, but I'm using paper instead because I feel like the wet cornstarch, once it gets the wet chicken on it, is gonna stick to the plastic, and I'm hoping it will do less of that in a paper bag. If you feel like you don't wanna try my risky spot here and do something more traditional, just put your third cup of cornstarch in a small bowl and you can dredge the chicken through it one piece at a time. I just had to see if this works. This is how my mother used to make stew. She would take the stew meat and then she would drop it into a paper bag that had in it flour and salt and pepper and just shake it all around until the meat was all coated. And then the flour on the meat is what makes your gravy while you're making your stew. And that came to mind when I read this recipe. So we're just gonna give it a shot. All right, now we're going back to step one in a bowl we're going to put the chicken that we've cut up preferably with most of the juice now not on it anymore because it sat here for a bit and dejuicified not that that's important but it seems like a good idea to me and to that we're going to add the egg white get ready we're going to do this without an egg separator you can do this it's really not hard it just seems a little scary and if you're worried about it you can do it over a bowl instead of over the chicken you got your egg. Don't do this yet, okay? Just listen. We're going to whack it on a hard surface and then we're very carefully going to separate the two halves of the eggs and hold one half as though it's a cup. So egg side up, sunny side up, all right? When you get to that point and you have an empty eggshell in one hand and a sunny side up eggshell in the other hand, I'll tell you what to do. So let's get to that point. Here we go. And if your egg cracks a little too hard, which mine did, you should have still some semblance of a shell. And as you separate it, you'll see that the white kind of starts to fall off. You want it to do that if you're holding it over a bowl or over the chicken. Either way, you want it to go down into the bowl, right? Now, take the egg yolk that's left in the shell in one hand and dump it carefully into the empty eggshell in the other half. And then kind of put your fingers over the top like a lid and tip the shell down toward the bowl so that any remaining egg white goes in the bowl. And here we are with a classic dilemma. And I never know what to do at this point. I have now a perfectly good egg yolk. It isn't even broken and no way to use it in this recipe. So what do I do? Do I throw it out? That seems crazy. Do I keep it? Well, it doesn't have egg white with it. The only thing I know to do with it that's easy is to keep it and throw it in with some scrambled eggs which have the whites in it. So I guess that's what I'll do when I'm done here. I'm just gonna set it aside for now in a tiny little bowl. Now in the bigger bowl, we've got the chicken, we got the egg white, we're gonna add some soy sauce. Boy, I'm having trouble saying that today. And this time we want just a tablespoon of it. That can go right into the bowl. And some black pepper. I'm going to use some fresh ground, and there's no specified amount on this, so whatever moves you. Grind, two grinds, eight grinds, depends on how much you like pepper, I guess. I'm kind of shy about pepper, although I use one that isn't too spicy called Indian Malabar pepper that I kind of like, and I'm learning to like it better. All right, so I'm standing here realizing we haven't put the orange zest in the sauce yet, cause we made that ahead of time. So I'm gonna pile up all my orange zest here. I'm gonna take it out of the tablespoon and make a pile. And I'm gonna divide this pile in three, just guessing. I mean, that's obviously not gonna be accurate. One third of that is now going in with the chicken. The other two thirds of that are going into the sauce. And now I have to whisk it again because I didn't have it in there the first time. And All right, now back to the chicken. This is the only things we're doing to the chicken. They're all mixed in there now, and we just have to stir it up to distribute everything. The nasty, goopy, snotty-looking egg white and the clumped-up, unattractive orange zest and the brown soy sauce. Don't worry, this is all going to come out okay in the end. At least I hope it is. And I told you, I haven't tried this, but I have confidence. I have faith in the creator of this recipe. I think probably the most important thing is to get that egg white so it's not clumped up, but it's actually on the chicken. Before we dredge the chicken, I think we need to skip down now from one to step four and heat the oil. I just feel as though, again, it doesn't make sense to leave the chicken sitting in the cornstarch getting gloopy it makes much more sense to have everything ready to go and then just throw them in the pan because what we're going to do, of course, to start is fry this chicken. I think I am going to use... Oh, no, you know what? This is the point where I said we have to start the rice. Okay, stopping. Getting my rice pan out. Clear lid. Why don't you go start your rice as well because it's going to take 15 minutes or so to cook, okay? And Then come back to me. All right, the next thing we're going to do before we dredge the chicken is take care of getting the garlic ready because if you remember, it needs to be grated. First, we've got to get the skins off of them, which you do just by pressing down on them until the skins crack, she says, as she tries to peel it off without doing that. Well, to be fair, it was already cracked, so I feel like I should be able to do this with just my hands. There, okay, there's the first one. Now, the recipe says four... Cloves of garlic. I have three humongo cloves of garlic. That's one of the things that always bothers me when they say a clove, two cloves, four cloves. Cloves vary in size from the size of a pencil eraser to the size of a golf ball, it seems like to me. All right, maybe not a golf ball, but you know, they get big. So to say three cloves of garlic is so general and non specific and not helpful. The only thing that makes me feel better about that is that I have read you should always double the amount of garlic anyway. So I figure more is better than not enough. So I'm using three humongous ones. You judge by what you like about garlic and what size you think your pieces are. Now it says to grate them. So I'm going to rinse off my zester that I used for the orange zest. It doesn't have to be perfectly clean because it's all going in the same place. And then I use that to grate up my garlic. It's pretty fast. It doesn't hurt your fingers too much. If you don't have that zester, again, go to your box grater or whatever you got. And if you don't have that either, you can use a garlic press. Just sort of munge it up. And if you don't have that either, just mince it. But mince it as finely as you can. Because they wouldn't have told us to grate this unless we wanted lots and lots of garlic flavor. The smaller the bits of garlic, the more surface is exposed. So the stronger the flavor is going to be. So when somebody says you want to grate it, that means they really want this to taste like garlic, which I'm happy to do because I like the flavor of garlic and always use more than the recipe calls for. I've only had too much garlic one time, and that was in a recipe for tzatziki that I got at a restaurant, a very authentic cooks from Greece kind of restaurant. Where the tzatziki was so garlic, it was hard to keep your mouth closed around it. And your skin began oozing the aroma of garlic while you were there and continued doing so for about three days afterward. All right, I'm exaggerating. Two days afterward. Good stuff that was. It's since closed, I'm afraid. The pandemic kind of did it in. And it was a family-run place and had been there for a really, really, really long time but family got tired. All right, this is pretty much the same amount of garlic as what I had with the orange zest. It looks like a lot. (laughs) This is a good thing, I'm not complaining. Okay, do-aheads all done, here we go. I'm gonna use a 12-inch skillet. It's a nice big stainless steel skillet, and I am going to heat it to medium. And while it's heating, I'm going to get out my avocado oil. And here's the scary part. It says to use a third of a cup. So whatever oil, whether it's the avocado or the canola, it takes a lot. So your high smoke point oil is going in this large pan. I reused the measuring cup that had soy sauce in it. I hope I don't regret that because there are little drips in there in the oil, and they're probably going to start to spit. We're going to get that nice and hot And while it's heating up If you haven't got your red pepper flakes out You want to do that Decide how much you're going to use Get them ready to go Half teaspoon to a whole teaspoon I think I'm going to stick with a half teaspoon Because I'm too timid to do otherwise That still seems like a lot to me I usually only use like eight flakes So this is a lot to me I suppose you could make it without this If you didn't want the extra heat You could leave it out now the other thing we're going to do while we wait for this oil to heat up is dredge the first batch of chicken. It's going to be easier for me to do this because I'm putting them in a bag. If you are doing it by hand, you probably don't want to start dredging until the oil is almost hot. But I'm going to put half of my chicken into this bag with the cornstarch. That's close enough. And then I'm going to fold over the top. I'm going to shake it. This is so much, it reminds me of what my mom used to do. Now I have this shaken chicken with cornstarch on it, and I don't know what to do with it. Now I have to fish it out of here, because a second batch has to go in. So for that, I need tongs. That might be a tool you want to add to the list of equipment. And I'm hoping that that first batch of chicken didn't use up all the cornstarch. I guess if it did, I'll have to put some more cornstarch in here. I still don't think I was wrong to do half a batch at a time, though. They are pretty well coated. And some places there's more cornstarch than others, and I think that's okay. Those will be extra crispy bites. If it clumps up, I think that's okay as well for the same exact reason. Right, they didn't all get coated on all sides. This one needs a little more. I'm just putting them individually into a bowl here, and then I'll see how much cornstarch I have left. Huh, I don't know that I have enough here to do the second half. And you know what? There's nothing else in here, so I am just going to add a little extra cornstarch. I mean, it's not like, you know, I've made a mix of some special ingredients that I have to redo. I'm just going to add a little extra cornstarch, because I think that used more than half. And some of it did stick to the sides of the bag anyway. But maybe it's not quite as goopy as it would have been if I'd done it in a plastic bag. So I'm just randomly sprinkling cornstarch, because who knows? I don't know how much I just dumped in there. And now the rest of the chicken. I'm gonna stir it one more time and it's going in the same bag. I can hear the soy sauce bubbles in my oily pan starting to sizzle. Now I'm folding up the bag again and shaking it. Hopefully the pieces get separated enough to get cornstarch on all sides. Yeah, that looks okay. That'll do. Now we're gonna need those tongs again because we're gonna fry these chicken bits small groups at a time in this oil. I'm putting them in one at a time, which you would be too if you're dredging them. I feel like they're sticking to the bottom. Again, I'm going to trust that this is going to work out okay. I also know that when you're putting some kind of meat in a frying pan, when it's ready to be turned, it will automatically let go. So if your piece of meat is still sticking to the bottom of the skillet, it's because it's not ready to be turned and it's communicating that to you in the only way it can. If you wanna mop up some of the extra cornstarch, that's not a bad idea, the cornstarch is our friend. The cornstarch is what makes things crunchy on this. This is why it gets a crusty, crunchy coating on it. And you know, orange chicken is best when it's fried with a crusty coating. I don't know if you know this, you probably knew it before I did, that Panda Express, those are the people who invented orange chicken seems crazy to me because that's not at all where I had it, but they apparently came up with the concept. So if you like Panda Express orange chicken, firstly, you're not alone because a lot of people have imitated. And secondly, you were in the know before I was. So I'm going to reach now and look at the first ones. Oh yeah, that came off, but it's not browned. All right. I'm going to leave it a few more minutes. Just let that sit on the side that's down. Meanwhile, my rice over here is starting to really bubble. I'll take a picture of that for you. I should have been taking pictures all along and I forgot. So now these are starting to let go. Well, not all of them, but some of them. And that tells me that those pieces are ready to turn over because they let go of the pan and let me turn them over. They should be a little bit brown, and if not, they should at least be pretty crispy, and you should be able to tell that with your tongs. If a piece doesn't want to come up yet, leave it until it says it wants to let go. And meanwhile, you can go back and turn the other ones onto other sides if they need it. Once this batch is done, when they're crispy on as many sides as you can get them, take them out of the pan and put them in a bowl or something to wait, and then do the second batch of chicken bits. And get them brown as well. When those are done, put them in the same bowl. When your pan is empty, come on back to me. Now you may be feeling sad about all the crusty bits of coating and chicken that you see down in that pan there. Don't despair. We are going to get to eat it. So the next thing we want to do is add the garlic, and if you're using fresh ginger, this is the moment to add that, and the chili flakes. Now, just be forewarned, when you add chili flakes to a hot pan, it's gonna release some gases that won't feel good to you. So step back a little bit as you stir those, and we're just gonna cook this for about a minute or two. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit. I don't wanna burn those crispy bits. (laughs) Yeah, here come the red pepper flake fumes. Mostly what it's doing is sticking to the pan, the garlic, because it's so small, you know, it's sticking to the pan. Again, don't worry, because we're going to kind of get all of that up there in the next step, which is pour the orange sauce over it. <coughs> Give it one more quick whisk <laughs> and throw that in there. Okay, that should mellow out <coughs> the red pepper a little bit. Dang. Okay. Now what we're going to do here is bring this to a boil and then we're going to let it continue to boil three to four minutes. You know what? Next time I make this, I'm not going to add the red pepper flakes to the empty pan. There is a reason to do that with both the red pepper flakes and the garlic and that's to allow the flavors to bloom a little bit which means it makes them warmer and stronger and better. But you know what? The cost of what it does to the atmosphere, I don't think it's worth it. So next time I make this, I'm just going to put the red pepper flakes into the orange sauce before I mix it. Mine is simmering a little bit now. What you're hearing sizzle is not the sauce here. I've got some asparagus cooking in a pan next door to it. I am cooking that in a little sesame oil with a little salt and pepper. Just keep it simple, which is also a really good thing to do with your peas or your beans if you're serving some sort of vegetable with this. While I'm doctoring my asparagus, the sauce is simmering. I want it to boil for three to four minutes. I think I'm going to set the timer now. It's not boiling, it's simmering. I'm going to turn it up just a tiny bit to about four, and I'm going to set my timer for three minutes, and then I'll be back. While I was waiting for the sauce to do its three minutes, I stepped out into my yard to pick a green onion from the ground to cut up, and yes, I do have to brag about it. Now that the sauce has been boiling, I'm gonna throw the chicken in there. So pick up that bowl of chicken wherever you put it and put it in with the orange sauce. And then use your tongs to kind of toss that chicken around in the sauce. And what's gonna happen because of the cornstarch on the chicken is that the sauce is now gonna start to thicken a little bit. It's gonna take about five minutes to do that. And when the sauce has thickened, the dish is ready So you can set a timer, or you can just watch it. I'm just watching mine. I don't really feel like I need a timer to figure out when it's gonna thicken, or to what degree I want it thickened. Meanwhile, I'm chopping up my green onion. And yes, I know I told you to do yours earlier. Do as I say, not as I do. I just didn't feel like walking outdoors earlier. And again, this is a garnish, you don't need a ton of it. It's just to look pretty and give it a little crunch on the top. Love crunchy things, and they shouldn't be too big either. Let's see how this sauce is coming now that that's, oh yes, it is definitely starting to thicken, but it's also nowhere near the thickness of, let's say the kind of sauce you get at Panda Express, right? So we're gonna leave it in there and let it keep doing its thing for a couple more minutes. The next thing is we're gonna need to put this chicken over the top of the rice. So hopefully your steamed rice is done steaming and you've taken it off the stove. And it's just sitting with the lid on it, staying warm. The chicken, with its sauce, will be served over individual servings of the rice. And each one is going to be sprinkled with the sesame seeds and the green onions. And that is the finished dish. So while this isn't thick enough yet, I will keep stirring it for a while. And then I'll take a picture of when it is thick enough. And I will post that on the website, which is thecookalongpodcast.com consider visiting me there for the ingredients and photos of this recipe, as well as a lot of other fun recipes for both dinner and dessert, as well as breakfast and snacks and all kinds of good things. It's really a fun website. There are blogs that'll give you some tips that you don't have to listen to the podcast for. And it could just be a fun spot to poke around for a little bit. So please go check it out. Meanwhile, I hope you like this. I hope it's good. I hope it lives up to our expectations. I hope it's not too spicy. I hope it's at least as good as Panda Express. And until next time, happy cooking.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.